Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Bonus episodes are back, baby. And you know what that means. Look, we are just some squirrels living in Jennifer Walters' world, trying to get a nut. So what's up, okay? She-Hulk attorney at law is finally here after releasing that horrible, horrible first trailer and keeping me up at night queasy, gassy, with night terrors, cold sweats, everything. But... No need to fear because the CGI, it looks leaps and bounds better. And that first episode delivered, delivered, okay? It's your bonus episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2. 
the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Y'all have been begging, begging for a PG-13 type of Marvel show, movie, whatever. We get them all the damn time, but y'all have been just, you know, y'all y'all flip your wigs when it's PG or PG, you know, or G, whatever the hell. I don't know the right, damn ratings. I ain't got no kids. I can watch whatever the hell I want, okay? But anyway, y'all gets real upset about it. I know y'all are happy that we got some bird flipping. We almost got our first FU. Listen. She-Hulk is about to take us on a ride, baby, a ride, not a roller coaster ride, not the Mid-South Fair, none of that. I'm talking about a ride, okay? It's not our ordinary MCU Disney Plus show. It's not just six episodes, which a lot of you have a problem with. I have a problem with it sometimes. Like, Moon Knight, Moon Knight maybe should have been seven or eight episodes because... It needed to unpack a little more. They jammed a lot in there. We really kind of needed to explore everything that was going on, especially when we were about to get Thor Love and Thunder and the gods were being introduced and all this kind of stuff. We needed a little more, you know, razzmatazz. But then that finale gave us way too much razzmatazz. So I don't know. But regardless, you know, I feel like this show is going to be like the closest watching experience since WandaVision. They both are set for nine episodes. You know, WandaVision had nine. She-Hulk is set for nine. They're both about the same time length every week, about half an hour. Kind of comedy-ish, still kind of, you know, other stuff-ish, superhero-y, action-y. But at the heart of this, it really is a comedy. And I'm happy about it because they're really... Look, it looks good so far. I'm loving everything that the first episode gave us. I don't have any major complaints. I'm just going to talk it out as I go. Even though y'all know I have a whole goddamn syllabus rubric in in front of me ready to talk about all of the things, okay? The best thing about this episode was finding out that Captain America was clapping cheeks back in the 1940s. Well, he was a virgin, so I don't know if he was clapping cheeks, but he was definitely applauding, okay? He was doing a little bit of applauding. He was like Lady Gaga. He lived for the applause. Clapping is a little more aggressive, but nothing about 1940 Steve Rogers was really aggressive. See, now that we know what Chris Evans' think thing looks like, all I can say is good for her. Good for that USO random backup dancer girl that gave Captain America some Gawk Gawk 3000 all the way back in the 40s, okay? Cap was getting capped off, okay? <laughs> Cap was inviting girls to have a nightcap so he can get some cap, okay? <laughs> but see, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about She-Hulk, okay? Let's jump in. The intro comes on, and you guys know I'm always looking to see what changed in the intro. And 
I noticed that Shang-Chi, y'all, I've, I've ranted about this before. Y'all know I always look to see where Shang-Chi is. Shang-Chi is my dude. That's my guy. He's my favorite. I think still, with the exception of WandaVision, I think still my favorite phase four project, I think. You know, Wakanda Forever hasn't come out yet, so famous last words. But I always look to see where Ch- Shang-Chi is and see where he is, you know, if he's where he belongs, Okay. I always like to see him over there by the M towards the end. And guess what? He was back there by the M towards the end. Okay. I like that. All right. Even though, you know, we love Moon Knight. Moon Knight, I didn't see in here anywhere. He had taken Shang-Chi's place. Maybe they'll put him back for the next project. I don't know. I don't work for Marvel. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Okay. Mighty Thor, aka Jane, she's now been added into the, you know, the mix there. Those were the only two kind of differences that I could really catch, but I'm sure there are other ones. I don't know. I don't know if I saw Kamala Khan. Did I see Kamala Khan? I don't know. What else has come out since? Then? Did we see Kamala Khan in the Thor Love and Thunder? I don't know. Oh, see. Now I'm stressing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little stressed out now, but let me, you know what? Let me just move on because we shouldn't be stressed out about the intro, even though I'm going to watch this episode probably 17 more times before it's episode two, just because I'm always happy when we have Marvel material, okay? I'm, I'll, I'll really kind of, I'm going to pause and look and see, and I'll report back next week. Probably won't. My memory is real bad, but y'all just, just, just nod your head when I say shit like that. Y'all know I'm lying, but I'm going to report back, okay? The actual episode begins with Jennifer Walters practicing her closing arguments for a trial that she has. It's important to note that right now in this comic, she's a prosecutor, but that usually actually changes in the comics. You know, she might be a prosecutor today, might be a defense attorney tomorrow, might represent superheroes only the day after. You just, you you never know. So try to keep up. Nikki, who is a paralegal and her best friend, is there. You know, she hyping a girl up. That's my best friend, Fenna. She Fenna. Go, go, best friend. That's my best friend. Like, she right there hyping her up. But then there's another lawyer guy named Dennis. Anybody named Dennis. Think about Portia's Dennis from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Anybody named Dennis is a little bit suspect. The way he tried to swing on Portia in Mexico. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. Oh, that was a ghetto-ass show. I'm. Let me move on. This is about Marvel, Okay. Another lawyer named Dennis was there telling her to smile more and telling her that he could do it better than her because why wouldn't he be? He's a, you know what? He's a dweeb, just like all you 30-somethings out there, men only, who always review bomb these Marvel projects that are led by either a person of color or by a woman, you fucking weirdos. They talk about her future as a district attorney, but Jen is more focused on the present and winning this case. And then Nikki drops the line, well, if it doesn't go our way, you can just hulk out. So that's our kind of first indication that she's already able to become She-Hulk, meaning that we can expect to kind of get some flashbacks or storytelling almost immediately, and we do. They prepare to leave, but Jennifer kind of hears her phone ringing, uses that as, you know, kind of an excuse to stay behind. She goes in the office, then she turns around Deadpool style, and she talks directly to the camera, and she decides to take us back, back, back just a few months and tell us how she became She-Hulk. Now, I know why you're here, 
You love to hear my recaps, of course, and I thank you. <laughs> but I also know that you like a little comic book insight without having to actually go and read the comic books. You know, some of my followers, y'all have told me that y'all don't read anything in general, but that's okay. I got you. That's kind of crazy, but I got you, okay? So why don't I go ahead and tell you her origin story that like how it kind of goes in the comics and then we'll break it down as you know how it's kind of changed for the TV show. So I recently reread The Savage She-Hulk which came out I think in 1980. Uh I almost I at this point I've almost reread that entire run. It's absolute great comics. So if you are into comics go ahead and check that out The Savage She-Hulk 1980s is great. But anyway, we see Bruce Banner on the run from the police. So he goes to Los Angeles to see his lawyer cousin, Jennifer. He reveals to her that he's the big, huge, green monster that everybody, you know, is kind of afraid of. And he basically tells her his origin story about how he became the Hulk. They end up leaving her office, you know, after she gets, you know, a lot of sympathy for him and stuff. They leave her office and they go uh, to her house. And she had on the way there, she's kind of like telling him about this current law case that she has defending a guy who she know has been framed by like this criminal organization ran by this guy named Trask. When they arrive at her house, there are some dudes in Trask, a little criminal enterprise that already have been following them the whole time. And when Bruce and Jennifer get out of the car, they wet her ass up. They wet her up. Okay. Okay, so you know what? Ooh, I'm sorry. That's hood vernacular for they shot her multiple times, okay? I know I have all types of listeners here. You know, I can't assume everybody knows what wet that ass up means. That That's hood vernacular for shot her multiple times, okay? Bruce gets her to safety, but she needs urgent attention. He decides that he can't go to the hospital for two reasons, really. One, because he's a wanted-ass man. He can't just be going to places that public. And then two, there's not enough time. She's literally, like, dying in front of him. So he goes outside, and he looks for, like, a house or anything that might signal that a doctor lives there. And he sees a doctor shingle on, you know, on one of these people's property. Child, he busts up in the people's house. He goes in their basement. He finds all kind of equipment. And he gives her a blood transfusion on the spot. Boom. And you already know that blood has all his DNA all up and through and all up and in it. And boom. She-Hulk is born. Now, for the show's origin. She's on a road trip with Bruce, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, y'all know him. And he's telling her about how he basically, uh, you know, his arm started healing after he uses this device, which looks, if you read the She-Hulk comics, it looks really similar. I remember what run it is, but there is a run where she uses one um, that actually does the exact same thing, where it lets her stay in her human form too. As they're driving though, a random ass Sakaar spaceship comes out of the sky and scares the hell out of them. And she veers off the road, almost Moon Knight style, and crashes and plummets down the side of the mountain. Jennifer gets out of the car and she sees that Bruce is still trapped inside. And she manages to get him out. Child, she yanking and tearing at that door and she manages to get his seatbelt off and she pulls him on out. She gets him out that car and uh, this is when we see that there's a cut on Jennifer's wrist and Bruce's blood because he's bleeding starts dripping inside of her little open wound. Uh Oh, 
Oh, accidental blood transfusion, which I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. Hell, I'm not a damn doctor. If I was, I'd be on marital medicine, okay? I'd be giving their asses hell every week. See, Heavenly needs somebody to get up with her. Don't nobody really want to get up with Heavenly, you know, except Contessa. Contessa, but you know what? I keep bringing Bravo into this. This is not a Bravo episode. Let me move on. Side note, don't let any of this distract you. From the fact that they were having a conversation about whether or not Captain America is a version, okay? Whether or not he was given that Gok Gok 3000. She basically details his entire life story about how, you know, he got the super soldier steering. He was a loser before that. And then he went on tour with the USO. And then he went, you know, on ice. And then he woke up 70 years later. And, now, you know, y'all, y'all know the story here. Y'all have seen the movies. She basically says his entire life and says that he had really no time to visit the softest place on earth. <laughs> Shout out to Candy Burris and them escape girls, okay? Double side note, though. Why the fuck is a Sakaar spaceship just randomly on Earth? Well, look, we've got theories, okay? Since this happens, while they're having a conversation about Captain America knocking the boots and shooting up the club, <laughs> it makes me think that maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing. See, remember, where did we see Sakaar most of the time? In Thor Ragnarok, correct. I know you said it along with me. Good job, guys. It's where Bruce was for two years, trapped in the Hulk's body. Remember, he don't remember none of his time there, basically, uh, because he was, you know, he don't remember until he actually merged the two forms. Then I guess he got everybody members, because, child. But anyway, did he maybe reproduce and make a couple of little Hulks that are just running around, but a couple of uh, a breastfed childs running wild? I don't know. We have to find out. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Is that his son coming to say hi? I don't know. Is that his son Scar? Scar? No, his name is Scar. S K A A R. Scar coming to see him? I don't know. But this show, I have a feeling it's only getting wilder from here. So we're going to get like 38 trillion cameos probably. So and revelations and things explained and, you know, all kind of stuff. So I'm I'm happy for it. That's another little side note. But let's get back on track. OK, she awakens after running off somewhere in the woods, clothes a mess, dirt all over the place, dingy, dirty, dusty in my Mariah Hook voice. She sees a local bar and she makes her way to the bathroom past security where some local women actually give her clothes and makeup and, you know, fix her up just a little bit. Make her a little presentable. You know, they say you can't put lipstick on a pig, but I'll be damned, okay? <laughs> As she's waiting outside of the bar, she gets hit on by like three super skeevy ass dudes. Of course, all different ethnicities because you know, 2022, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're very persistent, very relentless, and this makes her angry, and she turns into the She-Hulk and scares the hell out of these people, but thankfully, Bruce finds her and steps in just in time, and now we cut to his little secret hideaway that him and Tony Stark built together. We, you know what? We get a lot of Tony uh, nods throughout this episode, even like the little broken Iron Man helmet immediately after this, that I think, don't quote me on this, I think it's from the Age of Ultron era, maybe? I don't know. I have to verify that. I don't know if I care enough to verify that, but it's definitely one of those Tony Stark helmets. I don't think it's the one that he had. Okay. Now I got to go down a little rabbit hole, but I don't think it's the one that he had that he was communicating with, like, you know, recording those messages for Pepper and all that kind of stuff. 
when him and uh Oh, Lord, what's her name? Nebula. When they were, you know, in Endgame, how it opens up. When they're on a ship by themselves trying to make it back to Earth. They don't have enough power or something, you know, and Captain Marvel saves them, basically. That girl, Captain Marvel, y'all better get into Carol Danvers, okay? Don't do that. Anyway, uh, I didn't, I don't think it's that helmet because, one, the color. But, two, I don't know. I don't think he was in that bad of shape since he was doing all that damn recording and all that stuff. And this helmet seemed pretty fucked up. I don't know. Anyway, she finds Bruce in the basement and he's back to being Smart Hulk. I love that he calls himself that and he mentions that they, superheroes, don't really get a choice in the names that they get. See, if you just think about it, this is pretty consistent with everything we know about superheroes. Like Miss Marvel, they were calling her Hard Light or whatever it was. Spider-Man overseas, they had to just make up a name for him real quick. They called him Night Monkey. It's the public who falls in love with these heroes and they collectively like kind of create a name for them. So, I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. Unless you, you know, announce to people, I am the amazing Spider-Man, you know, something like that. But otherwise they give him you a name child. He tells Jennifer that they're in Mexico and this is where he spent like the entire blip merging the Hulk and Bruce Banner into smart Hulk. Tony Stark apparently built this entire lab for him too. We have to remember that only half of the original six are still around and they miss their friends. And we get a little bit of him like being emotional, talking about Tony. But if you think about it, that's not the only reference of like missing the old Avenger crew that we get. Clint gets super emotional about Natasha in the Hawkeye series when he's watching that play. Uh, both Bucky and Sam brought up Steve. I don't know how many times in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and they almost had to like put Steve aside so that they could actually forge a friendship. So we, we kind of get these nods to the, the original six quite often, which I guess, you know, great because obviously the fandom loves that original six, but also it, you almost kind of have to constantly nod towards them because, Oh God, the internet bros would go crazy if they felt like, you know, whatever. I don't, I can't get into their logic, but I'm not even going to try. As a matter of fact, fuck that. She kind of does a little remembering and she's like, wait, did we hit a spaceship? And Bruce identifies the ship immediately as being Sakaran, saying that they're probably trying to deliver a message. You know, he's like, I'll figure that out later, child. You know, <laughs> it basically was a Sakar. I think it was that Sakar orgy birthday ship from Ragnarok where the fireworks were going off and the orgies were happening and all that kind of stuff. If I'm not mistaken. It was at least in that shelter where they, you know, or that bunker, I guess, where they went and got the ship from that they escaped. Maybe they wanted, I don't know, maybe somebody from Sakaar wanted to experience an Earth or a Midgard orgy and see what that was like. I don't know. Ain't trying to see what it's like to get that from the back. I don't know. Hulk just casually says, you know, I'll get to the bottom of that. And then he pushes it off to the side. He focuses on Jennifer and explains basically what's happening to her. See, in the comics, Bruce fucked up that lady life, then left. At least this one's staying around and kind of helping her learn how to be a Hulk. See, he's the generous queen, asked Miss Ellen, okay? 
he starts explaining the gamma radiation and all of that to her. You know, basically, we we know the ins and outs of Hulk by now, kind of through the MCU and through the movies and through the, the Incredible Hulk, even though we barely acknowledge that it's canon anymore. So, thankfully, Abomination is back, so we kind of have to acknowledge it as canon. But, child, I don't know where Edward Norton is. Maybe, maybe they'll make a multiverse. Well, no, no. That'd be way too confusing. We're not going to do that. I was about to say, maybe we'll do a something in the multiverse where Edward Norton comes back to reprise the, the Hulk, but he was, um, that'd be way too confusing. Forget I said that. Don't just not even do that. But the kicker is that he says he was able to actually, uh, you know, he, you would use what he learned studying from her to actually heal his arm. Okay. Then also quick side note, remember at the end of Shang-Chi, the post credit scene, his arm was still in the sling, which I don't know if you remember, but why it is, but us, uh, because remember he snapped his fingers wearing the infinity gauntlet at the end of Endgame, And that's what triggered the entire like third act. So that fucked his arm up. So obviously this takes place after the events of Shang-Chi. It's always kind of important to take a minute when you're watching these shows and try to identify where they fall in a Marvel timeline. It really kind of helps. Cause if you, you know, if you went to the theaters and saw black widow and not recognize that, you know, <laughs> didn't recognize that it happened before Endgame or, you know, after Civil War, whatever the case was, then you'd be in for a rude awakening, buddy. Boy, oh boy. Random thing to note, but I love how tiny she is compared to the Hulk. And it really, like, they did a great job of kind of driving this home when you notice the size of the desk that he works on in the lab. Because, like, the counter of the desk almost comes up to her head, so... That's either she's just really short in real life or they specially designed that to make it look like the Hulk would be the one doing all the experiments. So I'm here for that. Now that he's finished like analyzing her blood and his blood and all that kind of stuff, he does this dramatic ass laser presentation where he lasers it to dust so that they don't get to, you know, a repeat of what happened to uh I can never remember his name in the movie in Incredible Hulk, but I call him Looking Glass from Watchmen. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh Tim Blake. Tim Blake something. Y'all know who I'm talking about. But they don't want to repeat of that because remember, it, it dropped on him and his skin got all looking real crazy. So they don't want that to happen or they don't want a chance of making any more hulks out there. They argue because she wants to go back to her normal life. But he's trying to constantly tell her that, baby, this is your life now. This your life, sir. Okay, so just calm down. This is it. This all that's going to be. This all that's going to happen. He has to, like, make her pancakes in order to calm her ass down. And while she eats, he basically tells her, listen, ain't no more Annalise Keaton. Ain't no more Olivia Pope, okay? Ain't no more uh, Barbara from SBU. Ain't no more lawyering, okay? Ain't none of that. He gives her a manual that he's basically been crafting for the past 15 years of his own experiences to try to help her get things under control faster than he was able to. Cut down to the basement this man got her locked up in a container with a helmet on, basically putting her entire life in danger. He needs to trigger an emotional response. So he's like, he has laser, no, not lasers, razors all in the walls and the wall is steady, like moving towards her. Some real Indiana Jones type shit. She panics. It's like wood shopping. I don't know, but she panics and transforms and she pushes that entire wall back to where it came from. Bye. Boom. 
He tries to calm her down because now she's about to come after his ass. He, she, he tries to calm her down thinking that, you know, she has a split persona like he did when he turned into the Hulk. But nope. And I'm not talking about Jordan Peele. Nope. That's still Jen. Just not, you know, how she normally looks. Now she's six seven, muscular, and green. See, her experience is like night and day compared to him. And guess what? Brucey Bruce is a little jealous, people. He's a little jealous. Side note, I love when we get references back to other movies, like specific pointed references. When she asks how he gets turned back, you know, from the Hulk into Bruce, he said basically like he's like, usually I fall out of a jet or I get knocked out by a robot or Natasha might have to sing me a lullaby. All of these things we've literally seen in previous movies. So I love that they always give us little nods as MCU fans, little Easter eggs to go back to and kind of latch on to, or, you know, certain stuff like that always makes me want to go back and rewatch that movie when I realize what they're pointing to. So get on the journey. Okay. After a long speech about controlling anger, she finally agrees to let him teach her quote unquote, how to Hulk. We basically see like a montage of them going through the motions of strength training, meditation, etc., all this kind of stuff. All of which shows him that basically her journey of controlling herself isn't nearly as difficult as his was. We see him like reinforcing furniture. He, they're doing boulder throwing, all kinds of shit, okay? He pushes her off a cliff because he sees that she's getting a little too good at stuff. And she flips him the bird just like Deadpool would do. Or, well, Deadpool would chop your arm off and cuss you out and call you a little funky bitch, but same thing. Uh, he finally starts to show her some of the good sides of being a Hulk because for the most part, all of this stuff seems to kind of be a hindrance on her life. But he shows that there's, you know, there's an upside to it, including not getting super, super hammered because their body metabolizes alcohol fast. So they can basically drink as much as they want. I know that's right. Reminds me of when Steve Rogers basically tried to get drunk. And I think it was the first Avenger movie, but he couldn't (laughs) because of the exact same reason. While they're drinking... Hulk reminisces about building that very bar that they're sitting at with Tony Stark and how he would always just sit there and complain about Steve. So obviously that must have happened, you know, because of their fallout from Captain America Civil War. Remember, they knew that Bucky was the one responsible that killed Tony's parents. And, you know, Tony was like, oh, so you picking that bitch over me. And then they got to fight and, you know, it was a, a whole thing. But maybe, it, you know, maybe it was Endgame Child too. I don't know. They they fight a lot. So hell, who child who knows it's the next day and jen is still trying to get back to her normal life she gives a great speech about how she literally exists to control her anger like every woman does whether it's being you know cat called in the street or somehow like you know someone's mansplaining something to her in her area of expertise child listen women truly have it hard as hell in this world don't believe me Go ask the dumbasses who review bombed this show before it even came out because it was starring a woman. Dumbasses, jackasses. I didn't, people are just so, the internet bros are just the, the weirdest people on the planet. I'll never understand their logic behind any of the shit they do. It's just, oh boy, your sorry ass mama's raised you and somebody needs to get up with them about it. I love that Bruce said, Bruce basically says, Who's going to protect the world, you know, trying to convince her? Who's going to protect the world if it isn't people like us? Which is basically a variant or another way of uh, saying 
Uncle Ben or Aunt May's kind of with great power comes great responsibility. Child, Jen don't want to hear that shit. She jumps in that big ass Hulk sized Jeep of his and he jumps in front of her and child, she trying to, she moving the seats all the way up because, you know, he got to sit back uh 13 feet to drive the motherfucker. She putting bags underneath her so she can get up to the steering wheel, all kind of stuff. He's standing in, fr- in front of her and she runs his ass clean over. The result is, you guessed it, Hulk on Hulk crime, okay? We get a fantastic CGI battle between our Hulks, and we see them showing off some impressive new skills, like that hand clapping, bow, 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 which is basically making up a sonic boom every single time one of them claps their hands real hard. They're knucking and bucking and ready to fight, and they, listen, they fuck up bad okay they fuck it up okay this is when we see her break the fourth wall that bar is destroyed completely to hell they're going to try to fix the bar and she breaks that fourth wall which i do want to point out because this is the second time we've seen her do it in the episode it comes from comics she does it quite often in the comic books and she does it in a lot of different ways like she'll use it to you know directly talk to us the reader She'll reference other panels by pointing to them or, you know, whatever it is. She'll, like, step into other panels, literally. She'll rip out pages and point to other stuff and all kind of stuff. So, She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall is nothing new. He finally agrees with her and then she leaves and we get back to where the episode started. She's back in her office about to go to trial and lets us know that Nikki knows her secret. Her family knows her secret, and Bruce, also her family, knows her secret. Similar to uh, Kamala, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, having some people around her other than the Avengers who know her secret. We get to a trial, and Jennifer is about to deliver her closing arguments. Just then, Titania, who is like a staple in She-Hulk comics, randomly burst through the wall. Child, I don't know who the hell she's supposed to be, the Kool-Aid, you know, <laughs> I'm about to say the Kool-Aid man, but I don't, oh yeah, I always think about that family guy sketch whenever I think about the Kool-Aid man bursting into court, then having to go right back out because they don't know who the hell that man is. But anyway, Nikki tells Jennifer to turn into She-Hulk and basically fuck it up. She whoops Titania's ass after she transforms real quick. And then the episode ends with Eve's Who's that girl? I know that's right. I hope the music is this good on every episode, okay? Listen, stay tuned after each episode because they're saying that there's a post credit scene after every single episode. I love that. This one, though. This one, though. This one, though. This is one of my favorites in all of Marvel Cinematic Universe projects, okay? We find out from Hulk himself that Steve Rogers is no longer a virgin as of 1943, okay? And I think I've worn this point out to <laughs> worn it out to death at this point. So, listen, just watch She-Hulk. Just watch it because I'm already enjoying the fuck out of it, okay? I love that the episode ends with her about to say Captain America fucks, but they cut it off just in time. We almost got our first MCU F-bomb. I wonder who's going to deliver it to us when we finally do get it. Do y'all think Deadpool? I don't know. Maybe Wolverine when he gets here. I don't know. Somebody, I, I want somebody psychopathic 
to do it. I don't know. I don't know who it'll be. I'm hoping I had a whole conversation with someone online. This is why I love y'all so much. But I had a conversation with someone on Instagram the other day talking about how since we're in the multiverse saga, I really hope they bring Legion in. And we're hoping that that's how they bring the mutants into the MCU. I love me some Legion. Whenever I get a chance, I always like go back and randomly watch Legion up. Legion is just such a fucked up, weird ass show. If you've never seen it, it's great Marvel content. Check it out. Came on FX. I feel like each season got better than the last, so it's definitely worth the watch. But I would love for Legion to come in, Deadpool to come in, somebody to come in and give us an F-bomb in the MCU just so we can say that we did it, okay? Y'all, I've been Kendrick. That's been Jennifer Walters. <laughs> and guys, I'll see you. sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple podcast or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.